Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today, I am breaking my long hiatus to bring you some grave and tragic news. My close pal and my buddy and my friend, uh, Rob, uh, or his, his name might also be Randall, so Rob or Randall, uh, has, has, has passed away tragically. He's dead now, which is tragic for me because he was, you know, he was a great guy. You know, he, he would he would come to my house and he would say, stop sending me letters. And I would say, Rob or Randall, I won't. I'm going to keep sending you letters. Um, he did eventually get a restraining order against me. But as we know, friendship is not bound by the bounds of the law. And so I, of course, found a way. Friendship found a way. You know, I shouldn't be taking the credit for that. But I thought maybe we could go over some, some of um, Rob or Randall's, you know, best moments. Uh, some yeah, a little memorandum and, and, and um, look back on, on his life. Uh, so he was, he was born uh, um, pretty long time ago, I think, in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, which is, you know, it's pretty tough to be born in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh sucks. And, you know, that's why he had a tough childhood growing up, is because Pittsburgh fucking blows a little bit, you know. It's, it's not too bad, but it's pretty bad, you know. It's like, Pittsburgh is like, you, you ever been to, like, uh, Jersey Mike's, you know? You go on Jersey Mike's and you're like, yeah, this is a lot of, you know, we can, you can get a sandwich and you can get, you can go up to them and you could be like, hello, I would like, I, I would like some bread and I would like to make a sandwich. And, and, you know, you do that, but it just feels wrong. Jersey Mike's feels wrong. It's some weird space, you know, some, some funky funk going on there. That's what Pittsburgh is like. And ordering your sandwich is living there. And uh, the little ingredients that you put on the sandwich are, um, of course, the, you know, attractions uh, and benefits of living in Pittsburgh. Uh, which, of course, you know, you take a little bite into the benefits of Pittsburgh, and you're like, hmm, you know, that's okay. You know, that's what Jersey Mike's is like. You're like, hmm, that's all right. That's fine, I guess. You know? Um, but anyways, um, Rob or Randall was born in Pittsburgh, you know, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, he, he, he grew up in a pretty, pretty tough, tough spot. Um he was born without either parent, with which parent, which the doctor said is exceedingly rare. Um, I assume, you know, I wasn't there, um, and he didn't tell me about it. But you know, I knew. Um, sometimes you just know things about people, you know. You, you ever get that intuition type deal, you know, where you 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 look at someone and you're like, you shoplift, you shoplift. You ever look at someone and think that to yourself? Sometimes I go into church and I um, I look at the different people, and there's this one old lady, and uh, she's really small. She's a little small thing of a lady, small old thing of a lady, and I look at her and I I know I just know she shoplifts, and she still goes up to get communion, and I say you can't do that. That's you can't get communion if you have sins. If you have sins, you have to not get communion. You have to sit down, and everyone has to see you sit down, and they have to say aha ha 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 ha. And, you know, you have to do that for three years or whatever until finally your priest allows you to 
apologize for all the trouble that you caused your neighbors and and making them lose their house and whatnot you know and it's just it's god is a little slow on the whole forgiving thing um and i just think it's unfair that that old lady shoplifter scum gets to go up there and i couldn't uh you know just still um anyways yeah um so he he grew up um doing some some uh, stuff um but in the end he uh he, he he made a rival and you know those those rivals that you make sometimes they're a little you know you know it's a little little fight a little fight in them and uh it was a little unfortunate because um, his rival his rival was a just a beefcake of a woman just a beefcake of a woman i mean i i don't know if you've ever seen um like a bounce house you know what i mean but if you did like one tenth the size of a bounce house and you made you made that woman perfectly square in like all muscular aspects you know not obviously like one tenth doesn't sound as much as you know a bounce house obviously but if you're one tenth of a bounce house it's still pretty still pretty big um so don't 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 underestimate the size of this 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 lady but um her name her name was um jess jess gronkite was her name and uh I can't remember why they were rivals, but it was a pretty big deal. Uh, all the neighborhood kids would go around and they'd say, fight, 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 fight. And every time Robert Randall would lose because Jess Gronkite had a little trick up her sleeve, which was called being way tougher than him and punching him in the face so many times he'd be bleeding all over and crying and snotting. And, and you know, that was a little nasty trick. That was a nasty cheating trick. Really, I feel like Robert Randall might have had a chance had that not happened. Um, but, you know, eventually his face got so tough and so callous from getting beat in so many times, he had this just stone-cold face, stone-cold face. You know, he could barely move the muscles and stuff, couldn't express anything. And, you know, it's because of that he never dated. Never dated. He couldn't date anymore because uh, he, his face muscles didn't work. And he couldn't, you know, smile and be like, mm, I love you, I'm enjoying spending time with you. And whenever he'd try and go on a date, they'd be like, do you enjoy spending time with me? And he'd be like, yes. But, like, of course, his face wouldn't be moving. So he'd try and do, like, a little happy jig or something. But unfortunately for him, like, if you're happy jigging and your face doesn't match with that, it looks like, you know, have you ever done one of those uh, Christmas grams on the Internet? There's a little dancing elf and you put one of your faces on there. You know, that's what it looks like. It looks like you've, you've projected the face onto, um, you hear that? That's a, that's a helicopter. That's a helicopter right there. Can't trust, can't, can't trust those guys. Yeah, I think he's leaving. Maybe he's looking for me, I don't know. You know, I'm a very wanted guy, you know? Not like by the law or anything. Just like in general. I'm in high demand. Um, but, uh, yeah, he didn't have much of a love life. Which, you know, I think contributed to him uh, dying, you know, um, because, you know, when he was at his house and when he fell down the, stair the stairs, I mean, he was fine after he fell down the stairs, but he had eaten a banana earlier and he had left the banana peel there earlier and he walked, he was like, oh, I forgot about the banana peel, but he didn't see it. Uh, he only thought that after he slipped on it and went, whoops, and, you know, he did a little wonk 
And uh, just like that guy from Niagara Falls, he went down in a barrel. Then he died because he slipped on an orange peel. Um, well, actually, just not unlike that, because Robert Randall, he didn't actually die from that. He just got a minor concussion. But then he went to the hospital, and he was uh, shot in the face point blank by a doctor, because no joke, he cheated on the doctor with his wife. The doctor's wife cheated with him, Robert Randall. Um, you know, crazy world, crazy world. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, um, you know, there's some other pretty important moments. Um, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever, um, if you've ever tried, tried your uh, hands at, at movie making. Um, but he used to do indie films at the you know, festivals and everything. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool of him. And, uh, he didn't, he didn't make very good films. No. Um, one time he made a film, uh, that was, that was titled the cube of society and so you know those counting cubes he put one of those on a table he went that's like the camera noise you know and it's like and it's just a cube and a lot of the entire time it's just the one shot of the cube and there's like text going up you know where it's like this society makes us learn in the in the teaching world and education it just tries to make us all the same and like midway through uh, all the the words started rhyming and I, I I figured maybe he made like a little rap maybe he's trying to like do a little rap thing but it's like we're rapping in our heads as we're reading it you know it's like we are in a society of robots and whatnots you know and it would be some stuff like that and I was like okay I'm, I'm vibing with this but um I don't think the judges were because they gave him a zero out of ten which wasn't possible before then. Uh, well, they didn't really consider it a film. Um, I'm not sure if they disqualified him uh, after the game in the 0 out of 10. Like, they technically should not have um, given him a rating, but they were, like, upset enough that they just said 0 out of 10. Also, you're disqualified, I'm pretty sure. You know, so Robert Randall, he had it, he had it pretty tough on the creative front. Um, but uh, he and I, he and I go way back. He and I go way back. Um, when, when I was in Thailand, right... And, uh, you know, in Thailand, you know, what happens in Thailand stays in Thailand. Um, because, you know, the disco scene there back in the 70s, that shit was crazy. That shit was crazy. You know, you'd go there and you'd be, like, dressed up in this big pointy outfit. And every time you moved, it'd be like, crinkle, 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 you know, because your outfit's made out of crinkle stuff. And uh, that, that was just insane every time the cops would come. And they'd bust down the door and they'd be like, stop right there, drop the outfits. And we'd all be like, scram, and we all crinkle away. And because it's so, all of our crinkling is so loud, the cops would get disoriented and pass out, which was incredible. It was a time, you had to be there. You know, eventually they invented like earmuffs for muffling that stuff and they murdered the Thailand disco crinkle outfit scene. But, uh, you know, I met him. Probably back in like 1978, 1979, Robert Randall was a real, a real, real goofster back then. You know, I, I met him because uh, I was, I was on the dance floor and I was all alone, because my sweet, sweet babe girlfriends, my two of them, they broke up with me at once, because they, they, they decided that they wanted to go and explore the world on a boat. Um, and sometimes I still, you know, get letters from them. I don't know how to send a message to a boat. Uh, I don't know how they send letters from a boat, but occasionally they'll be like, ha ha, ha ha, we are not dating you anymore, we're on a boat, and we love the boat. The boat's our big hunk boyfriend, unlike you. And, you know, I'll get them, 
and sometimes I'll like cry a bit over them, but I've realized recently that like if the boat is better than me, you know, it's pretty, boats are pretty like good. They're pretty good. Like that means I could still be really good because boats are like a little bit above really good. But you know, that's beside the point. Um, I was a little sad because I lost my girlfriends to this boat and uh, there was a big, there was a big circle in the middle of this disco scene and I, of course, bumble up because I'm a big tough guy back then, you know? I had the real type of muscles that you could like flash on TV and Arnold Schwarzenegger would piss his pants. Uh, but anyways, um, I went up and there was Robert Randall and he was in the middle and he was doing some goofy gags. You know, I remember Rubber Chicken. And he was like, hey guys, I got a rubber chicken. And he'd like squeeze it and make the honk sound. And everyone would just, they burst, you had to be, you would just burst your shit laughing. You know, you're like, that rubber chicken just made a noise. It made a chicken noise, kind of. A funny little chicken noise. And, you know, it was, it was, he was a funny guy, you know. So, of course, everyone was getting his autograph afterwards. And, like, he was, like, having the rubber chicken kiss babies on heads and stuff. Um, but I went up to him and I say, I said, Hey buddy, my, you know, my gig is, um, making friends. And I think you're my first piece, you know, my first commission. Um, and he was like, what does that mean? What does that, what does that mean? And of course I had to recover. So I said, Hey, I just simulated what having a stroke is like, do you know what to do if someone has a stroke? And he said, he looked off real spacey. And he said, no, I don't. And I said, all right, well, I got to teach you. So I took him, I took him to a Mackey D's, a little McDonald's, uh, still, in, still in Thailand, of course. Uh, back in the olden times in, in McDonald's, what they'd have is that they'd have this big bowl of, of, you know, it's like an avocado smoothie. And they got little, little chunks of pretzel in there. They used to call it, uh, they used to call it the hot fudge Sunday reverse, um, because it's like the exact opposite of a hot fudge sundae. Uh, I'm not sure how, but you know, it's it's pretty intense. So anyways, you know, I'm like, hey, waiter, can I get one of the hot fudge sundae reverses? And of course the waiter's all like, yo, sure. And brings over one of those. And I'm there with Robert Randall. And I say, all right, let's talk business. Let's talk business. You ever heard of stop? You ever heard of stop? He says, no. I'm like, well, that's because you never had a stroke before. Whoa! Sorry, someone just threw a rock at the side of my house. Probably one of my haters. Um, but anyways, you know, I'm like, all right, well, there are four steps if someone has a stroke. Number one, slime. You got to pull it out. I know you got that on you. Pull out the slime. A lot of people wait a couple minutes to pull out the slime. Do it right away. Number two, the slime goes on their forehead. The slime goes on their forehead. That's tea. You know, you put the slime on the forehead and, you know, they start, they're going to convulse a little bit. You're going to convulse a little bit. And this is where step three comes in, in which it's O for orate your favorite poem. Because if they're listening to your poem and they're interpreting how deep it is, you know, they're not going to be able to die. Because, you know, how's your brain going to stop working if it's working on something, this poem? You know, I would choose some real deep poems. Um, you know, back uh, back then, I think I, I gave like an example. Um, it was about like birds and shit. And it was all about how birds are like freedom and freedom is like a lizard on a rock under the sun. And the sun 
is like a bird, you know? And it's all like, whoa, what's that mean? Circle of life, bro. Circle of life. Look it up, you know? The the bodhisattva and the Buddhism and stuff, you know? You know, I heard someone talk about it once, and I just, I know nothing about it, but I still talk about it all the time, you know? Um, but anyways, I told him about that. It's orate your favorite poem. And then P, police. If they get up and they start trying to hurt people with their fists, you call the police. And, you know, obviously times have changed. Um, now, you know, back in the olden days, the police used to carry those funny sticks. And they wouldn't, they'd be like, nah, bonk, bonk, bonk. And they put you in silly little handcuffs and they put you in the slammer. They put you in the slammer. Now, they, you know, have, have, have handguns. And they put you in the industrial prison complex. You know, what happened in the slammer? You know, if I'm if I'm like, hey man, don't commit that crime, you'll end up in the in the in the industrial prison complex. They're all like, what's that? I'm gonna commit this crime, and then they get like shot in the fucking face, which is not cool at all. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, that I was like, those are the four rules, and he said, you know what? I I don't understand a lot of that, but I believe it. Where do I buy this slime? And this was, this was back in 1978, 1979. It was before 1985 when uh, I met Rodney Williams. And uh, I, was still, I was still a bit of a con man. I was a little, little cheapskate. I was a little, you know, a little rapscallion. So I would sell a little slime on the side. And this is not true in honest slime. You know, you get some, not the type that's mined out of the ground. I would go to, like, beaches and stuff. And I'd open up clams. And there'd be a little slime in them. And you Boom, you know, put in a little slime bucket. You can do like a couple hundred slams, slime, clams, you know, and get me a little like a little quarter quart of slime. Uh, and and I'd, I'd sell that. I'd be like, ah, oh, it's going for 50 cents. Which, you know, back in the olden day, I'd be able to buy you a Cadillac for new prostitutes and your own body back from... If someone stole you, someone kidnapped you, you'd be able to buy your body back with 50 cents. Not even 50 cents, 10 cents maybe. Get a little dime out. They're like, hey, we're going to hold you hostage, yeah? And of course, they're dressed up in the black and white outfits. And you're like, I'm sure this will cover it. Bing! And you do a little flip. Do, 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 and he falls in their hand. And they're like, holy cow, is this a dime? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, well, I have at them. And they just get away in the little car. and That's what the car sounds like. Um, but anyways, yeah, he was like, where do I get the slime? And I'm like, yo, Robert Randall, because at this point I had learned his name. Robert Randall, here's where you can get some slime. And I pull it out. I pull out it's my fake slime. I pull out my fake slime. And I say, right here. And Robert Randall says, holy cow, is that, is that slime? And I'm like, you know it, boy. You know it. And, of course, it wasn't slime. Of course, it was clam slime, which is totally different. But, you know, I was a, I was a cheapskate back then. I was a... I was a little rapscallion, you know? So uh, I said, you know what? Mm, I was going for $1. He said, $1. I said, yep, dollar. Dollar it is. Because I was just making it up as I went along, you know? He said, you know what? Here you go. You know how many tips he, how much in tips he got from the rubber chicken trick? He got $42.60. I remember to this day, because I wrote it down, I etched it into my hand. Because I said, you know what? I'm going to remember this. I'm going to, when I go back to the States, I'm going to bring out the rubber chicken and I'm going to get in the middle of this dance floor and go honk. 
Uh, and of course, when I did get back to the States, it didn't go like that, right? Because no one wore the crinkle suits. No one did the disco. This was 1983. People had the funny big hair and they were doing the rock and roll. And I said, I can't, we can't do this. We can't do this. You know, the rock and roll guys, but with the disco guys, it was like, here's the chicken, honk, honk, you know, pretty silly, right, guys? And they'd be throwing money at you, right? They'd be saying, oh, man, you're the bomb. I love you. Come kiss me on the lips. You have to, like, fight them off, fight them off. Man, woman, whatever, disco fiends. And uh, when the rock and roll came around, you know, you do the little chicken trick, you're on honk, honk. And the rock and roll guys would be all tough. They'd be bikers. Every rock and roll guy was a biker. Ask anyone from the 1983 in the uh, San Diego rock and roll slash disco theme scene, you know? Uh, they were all bikers, and they all had those, like, headbands and stuff. And you did the honk honk, and they'd be like, Whoa, what'd you do that for? And you're all like, well, isn't it funny? Aren't you laughing? He's like, no, that's not goofy. This is goofy. And you know what he did? You know what this bastard did? He pulled out a little disguise, little glasses with a mustache on them, and he put them on, and everyone started pissing themselves laughing. They started pissing themselves laughing, and they were like, oh my god, that's so much funnier than what the other guy did. This is so much funnier. And I was like, guys, you can't, no, please, you know? And I was kicked to the curb. You know, by the time I got my own disguise glasses, it was already the 90s, and it was, you know, Kurt Cobain and whatever, and his, uh... You know, the it was it was a new era. You know, I was getting too old for this biz. Um, you know, my crinkle suit's been up in the up in my closet for probably twenty, thirty years. Right, just not can't do it anymore. Uh, it's a different time, different era. You know, maybe back in the olden days, but uh, you know, this was the olden days, and I was standing there with Rob or Randall in front of me, and we're standing outside the Mackey D's, and I said, Rob or Randall, can I get your number? And he says, Why? Do you want to kiss me? And of course I didn't want to kiss him, right? Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm not gay. Um, everyone was gay, though, in the Thailand disco scene. So I had to, like, keep up appearances. So I said, yeah, sure, Robert Randall, I'm gay. Uh, not gay. I want to Now I want to kiss you. And he was all like, oh, shit. And then he kissed me supply on the lips. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, his lips tasted just like concrete, just like concrete. Go out, lick some concrete, and then imagine you're kissing Robert Randall. And you're like, holy shit. He was right. He was telling the truth. And I was telling the truth. Honest to God. Um, so, you know, he kisses me, and he gives me his number. And, of course, this is back in the olden days when we couldn't use real cell phones. We had to use the, the ones that the government was hiding from everybody. It was, like, not like the bricks, but they were real little. They were real little guys. And you had to use a little magnifying glass to push all the numbers on someone's little number, you know? And he gave me a piece of paper, and it had a pretty long number on it. And I was like, oh, geez, it's going to take a while, right? Um, so I go back I go back to my house. And, of course, my housing is because I'm in, like, this work-type deal where I, like, work for this guy and he lets me live in, in exchange. It's like a bathhouse type deal. I got to rub rumps. That was my job. I had to rub the rumps. I get a little washcloth, get a little, another washcloth, put a little soap on it. And uh, there was a little conveyor belt and all the guests would come by. And I wouldn't see their faces. I wouldn't see their bodies. Just be the little, the little rumps, the little butts, the little katooshes, um, you know, sticking out. Uh, from from the little little panels, you know, above, because it was this type of like seat thing where you're sitting and you got, you know, you, you're upstairs and there's all the steam and sauna, but you put your buns through the little bun holes. Yeah, so I was under there. I was in the boiler room. I was rubbing buns. I was I would rub them down, 
And every time people would giggle, they go, ee, you know, it was a little, you get your bum, bum, bum rump rubbed, right? And you're just going, you're giving a little giggle because you didn't expect that. That's a little crazy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was pretty, it was a time, you know, but uh, it was a living. It was a living. You know, you can't just rub people's butts anymore and live somewhere. Now you got to have a fancy degree and uh, know people and the government. And you have to kill at least three to four people in order to get maybe 50000 a year. Right, it's a different, different times. I'm just saying, it's just the the bikers did it to the economy. They bought all those Harley Davidsons, like, you know, and everyone was like, wow. I, I feel like if they spent twenty bucks on that Harley Davidson, that Harley Davidson, I feel like is like maybe five bucks. No, it's like, yeah, they're it's like in old money, it's five bucks. But if they spent twenty bucks on it, old money is less valuable now. So. You know what they did? It just, inflation happened. Inflation happened. It was all the bikers' fault. Look it up. The CIA did a report on it back in 1982. Um, it was the bikers. They predicted it. Um, but anyways, I was rubbing rumps and stuff. And uh, in the middle of this, I would have to, I would have to look at the number that, that Robert Randall gave me. And I'd have to like look down at it and I have to go to the phone, you know, do one at a time and then go rub a rump and then the you know, conveyor belt will keep going and I rush back, doop, another number, rub another rump, you know, and I'd just be like this. And I, you know, I put him on speakerphone and he'd be talking to me throughout the day and stuff. And he'd be like, man, I'm so glad you're gay. I'm so glad that you like to kiss men. And I was like, ooh, I mean, I'm a little bit deep here. You know, I got to find some way to break up with Robert Randall. Because right now we were getting pretty serious. You know, occasionally he was throwing around, throwing around terms like second date. And I was like, ooh, doggy, that is a little too fast for me. So, uh, you know, I, I, I say, okay, you know what? Uh, I have to be so despicable, so grody, that even he would not be able to date me. Because Robert Randall had ridiculously low standards. Right, because of course his face, his face was all frozen. Remember from uh, from Jess Cronkite, so um, he was getting beat in by Jess Cronkite. If you don't remember, it was a couple minutes ago that I said that. Uh, but you know, he he, I I met up with him. You know, um, I, f I found him in a in a park, and he looked at me. He took one look at me, and he said, "Oh my god!" And you know, let me preface this a little bit before this date. I got all grunked up. You know, I got skunked up. You know, I, I dressed up in like all orange. I put a little like tie on that was black and I loosened it a bit to look like I was trying too hard to be casual. And you know, I messed up my hair a bit. I put it in three big spikes, you know, but they weren't lined up at all. There were like two in the front and one in the back, you know, it looked like a triceratops or something. Um, so it was pretty, it was pretty nuts. It was nuts. I was looking a little nuts. I had two watches on both of my wrists, which if you, hey, if you did that back then, you get your dunk kicked in, you know? You just get, boom, done. Your rump handed to, they would cut it off and they'd hand it to you. There's, here's your rump or what remains of it because we cut it off, you know? Excuse the graphicness, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying it like it was, no filter, you know? I'm just letting you know, I, I will tell you exactly the truth and only the truth, you know? So anyways, I show up and he's there and Robert Randall's looking at me and he's like, holy cow, you look beautiful. And I was like, oh no. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, orange is my favorite color. You paid attention. And I was like, shoot, I was too busy paying attention to the rumps as I was rubbing them to listen to what Randall's favorite color was, Robert Randall's favorite color was to, uh, to make sure that I didn't wear that color. 
But he was like, oh, and you got the hairstyle too? You know how I like spikes in the hair. And I'm like, God, I should have been listening to this guy. And he looked at my wrist and he was like, oh, you're a douchebag for wearing two watches though. And I was like, all right, that's good. That's good. You know, we got a little cred there. Got a little douchebag cred there. But he was like, but that's kind of hot. You know, you're, you're willing to step outside the boundaries in line. And I was like, oh, nuts. Oh, nuts. I'm in for it now. And you know what he says? You know what he says to me? Let's go to Burger King. And everyone knows you go Mackie D's. You go Mackie D's, then you go a miscellaneous fancy restaurant. You know, you get some lobster. It's a real casual type deal, you know? It's just to feel them out. But taking them to Burger King, dining with royalty, my man, that is, that was the, the peak. That was like, we are serious. So that happened, and I was like, we cannot get to Burger King. If, we, if I'm seen at Burger King, they're going to be like, so when are you getting married? And that can't happen because I'm a free agent on that disco floor. I went ham. You know, I got the, whenever the ladies would be like, hey, what's up? I'd be like, shoot, man, I had nothing. And then I'd kiss them, and we'd kiss a lot, and we'd get so many smooches in. You know, and people may form a circle around me. And mwah, mwah, mwah. But, like, I'm not getting any kiss circles. I'm not getting any smooch circles if they think, number one, I'm gay. Number two, I'm serious, like Burger King serious with Rob Randall. So I say, okay, okay. And I call out my buddy. You know, I got to like do my little magnifying glass to get my phone. Doot, 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 doot. And it's pretty, it's nuts, right? Um, but I call out my buddy and I'm like, all right, buddy. All right, buddy. And, and this, 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 this guy was named uh, Goof. His name was Goof. Not like G-O-O-F, but G-U with the double dots, F. You know, he was from Norwegia. I think, and um, he was like, hey, what can I do you for? And I was like, do you have a car? And he was like, yes, I do. He was like, I need, I, I said, I need you to hit me with the car. I need you to hit me with this car. And he's like, why? And, and I'm like, cause he's taking me to Burger King, man. He's like, who? And I'm like, Robert Randall. And he's like, you're gay? And I'm like, no, I'm not gay. And he's like, when well, you're going to Burger King with a guy, that's pretty gay and serious. I'm like, fuck, just hit me with, just hit me with the, the car and we'll be done with it. We'll be done with it. And he was like, okay. So I'm walking with Robert Randall and, um, you know, I'm worried he's trying to hold my hand and stuff. And I'm like, no, get away from me, man. Cause he's got to like, if I get hit by the car, it's gotta be just me. So then I see goof, you know, in his little pickup truck going down the, down the, the, the streets of, uh, you know, the, the Thailand. Um, and he's coming right for us. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to hit Robert Randall. If he hits Robert Randall, then if I go to the hospital, my hospital bed might be right next to him. And people might be like, yo, your hospital beds are right next to each other. Dang, that's even more serious than Burger King serious. And you know, I was in deep doo-doo fuck shit. All right. So I, I said, okay, okay. And uh, it's coming right towards me. It's coming towards us. And I say, yeah. And I, I push him out of the way. I push him out of the way. I'm like, you're not going to the hospital with me. This is my trip. This is my, I am not gay. And I get hit by the bus. The bu not the bus, you know, the pickup truck, whatever. It's like a bus, you know, it, was, it could have been a bus. You know, it was a bus uh, because there were a ton of people in it uh, because Goof brought all of his friends and there was more weight in the truck. So psh, boom, shattered all of my bones instantly. All of my bones instantly. You know, I can't bend my pinky finger to this day because of Goof. Um, but you know, I appreciated what he did for me. He did me a solid, which he owed me after Switzerland. So I said, okay, oh, this is fine. This is fine. And you know, uh, I'm resting on the floor. All my bones are broken. I'm, my organs are like spilling out and shit. Not really, but they like hurt a bit. You know, I got a tummy ache, uh, cause I got hit by a, a truck and, um, I, I see Robert Randall. He comes up and he looks down at me. He's like, oh no, you're hurt. And I'm like, you better not, 
you better not come down here. And he says, don't worry. And he kneels down. I'm like, get away. No, I'm not saying that out loud, but I'm like, nah, dude, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't play that game with me. And he's all like, if you're going to go, I want to kiss you one last time. And I was like, shit, dog. And like, of course, all the disco people are around at this point. My bones are broken. I can't move. You know, I can barely speak. And he's coming down. He's coming in for the kiss. He's coming in for the kiss. He's about to cement the fact that I'm gay for everyone ever. And then all of a sudden, his phone rings. He's like, oh my goodness. Here, my love, give me a second. I'm going to take this. Ding. Hello. Guess who called? But Jess Cronkite. And you know what she said? I'm across the street from you. And he turns around. Sure as shit, there she is. She's pow, pounding her fist like boom, boom, boom. She's like, I, I'm trying to get a hold of you for five years. And he's all like, oh, nuts. Oh, nuts. This is doing me in. And, you know, I didn't call her here. She just did this on her own. I don't know how this happened. And she comes up. She picks, She uses one hand. She picks him up by the head about three feet. Because, again, she is a beefcake of a woman, one-tenth of a bounty house. And she looks him dead in the eye, and she says, bah! Which, you know, it could have been a different language. It could have been just screaming. I'm not sure. But what she did next was crazy. She picked him up, and I knew she was going to throw him. And I said, don't throw him. Don't throw him. You can't throw him. Bah! And she throws him right into the Burger King. And everyone's like, oh my God, wait. Were you guys about to go to Burger King? And I was like, no, no, I wasn't about to go to Burger King. You know, I'm not gay. I'm not going to Burger King. I'm not serious with anybody. I'm a free agent. And I'm saying this all out loud. I'm a free agent. I am right in the wind like it's the top of a leaf. And the leaf is also in the wind, you know, and I'm a little, a little elf on a leaf and I'm right in the wind. I'm ready to smooch. I'm ready to gooch, you know, gooch some cooch. And I'm doing this whole monologue, man. And I'm all like, I am free to smooch. And of course, I hear like these woeful woes from Robert Randall. And I'm like, I'm breaking this guy's heart. I'm breaking this guy's heart. But you know, I got a, I got a, I got a reputation here, man. I just wanted to make some friendship. You know, and I was too insecure in myself to believe that, you know, he could love me as a friend and not as a, you know, a gay girlfriend. Um, so, of course, he's like, Whoa. you know, that's the exact sound he made. Like, I don't know if you ever um, played like Mario with your nephews or whatever, but that's the Mario death sound. He goes, Whoa. you know, he's a little Italian guy, little red Italian guy. He'd fall into a hole. You make sounds like that's the exact same sound Robin Randall made. It's the exact same sob, 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 sob Robert Randall made. Um, but he's crying. And I'm crying. And all the ladies are crying. Because every second they thought I was gay and then I'd be off the menu. Of course, I'm still on the menu. I'm always on the menu. I am like the Big Mac at Burger King, which I did not go to because I'm not that serious. So, of course, I'm going to the hospital. You know, I'm staying there for maybe six months. Uh, and who's next to me? Robert Randall. He, every day, he's like, yo, did you mean all that stuff? And I had to be like, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. I have to change the subject. I'd be like, yo, look, Wheel of Fortune on TV. And he'd be like, holy shit, Wheel of Fortune. And I'd be like, yeah, boy. Yeah, boy, you're not thinking about this anymore. Um, and he'd be looking at that little wheel going around. And he'd be like, whoa, bankrupt. And I'd be like, yeah, but I'm like bankrupt with my morals, you know? So I get out and he's all like, finally, all our bones are healed together so we can smooch again. And I'm all like, man, I can't do that. I got something to admit to you. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm 
not gay. I'm sorry. I just wanted to be your buddy. And he was like, man, I would have been your buddy if you just said that you were going to be my buddy. You know, it's hard enough to be a gay man in the 1970s, 78, 1979, maybe. And, and you know, we got Reagan. Um, I don't know if he was around yet. I can't remember. You know, I was in Thailand. Um, but he was about somewhere. He was probably alive at that time. Um, and, you know, let me tell you something. It was, it's hard out here for a gay man. And I said, I know. I'm sorry. He said, you know what? Let me call someone. And he calls someone, and he's like, <laughs> he's like whispering. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess maybe he's calling a taxi or something. Who do I see but the entirety of the Thailand 1978 to 1979 disco gang? You know, there's crinkle, 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 crinkle. And they come up, and they're like, yo, I heard you made life harder for a gay man. And I'm like, oh, nuts. Oh, nuts. This is my end. And I say, no, no, you misunderstand. I just, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't do this. I just have issues. I have problems. You know, I got mental problems all up in my dome. And they were they were looking at me and they were pounding their fist into their hand. They were like, bop, bop, bop. You know, you didn't know what was going to happen. And I was like, well, I got to get out of here. So I steal this guy's Vespa. And go, you know, because that's the sound Vespas make back in the 1978, 1979, whatever. And uh, Robert Randall's after me. And he's all like, I'll find you, I'll find you. And I'm like, okay, cool, I guess. You know, so I'm, and uh, those guys chase me all the way to the airport. And uh, this is pre 9-11, right? Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but uh, pre 9-11 and it was, um, you know, you could just walk up to any gate. So I'm hopping on my plane and uh, they're, they're trying to get on the plane. And they're like, let us in, we're gonna beat you up. And I was like, oh shit. So I went, out, I went up to some guy, and I was like, yo, those guys out there, they're trying to beat up a little kid on this plane? You better block the exit while we take off. And he was all like, I like kids. Not like romantically, but I appreciate, you know, I like, I have kids of my own. I love my kids. You know, I wouldn't want anything bad. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yo, go ahead. And he goes up to the door. And he's like this big buff guy. And he's like, Rrr! and they're all pushing on. They're pushing on like, bonk, 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 let us in. We're trying to get that guy. And the guy turns around and he's like, wait, you're not protecting the kid and i'm like it's too late and the pilot goes and the plane takes off and there's a whole trail of these guys the the, the 1978 to 1979 thailand disco scene they're all linked on linked you know one's holding on to the plane the other guy's holding on to his feet the other guy's holding on to his feet there's a little chain behind them and uh they're they're holding on and they're gonna take off the plane because you know the weight was off because there's so friggin many of them and you know in the wind it's crinkle 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 and I'm all like, yo, God, God, if you're real, if you're real, can you please strike lightning down specifically on these guys and not the plane? And you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. One, no lightning, but like a big rock fell from the sky. And this motherfucker in the front that was holding onto the plane got caned in the noggin. And uh, they all fell down and uh, they fell into the ocean, which presumably they're still alive. You know, down there, maybe in a little aqua atlantis type deal or maybe they went back on the mainland but you know their outfits were pretty heavy because these were crinkle times right these are crinkly outfits you know um but anyways you know i fly back to the u.s i live my life uh then robert randall comes and he finds me again even though i changed my name at least three times because hey i live a a wonderful ex exciting life you know and uh, he says, hey, it's me, Robert Randall. And I'm like, hey, Robert Randall, I remember you from the escapade in Thailand in 1978 or 1979, you know? 
And he's all like, yeah, man. And he punches me straight in the face. And he's like, that's what you get from making life for a gay man harder in 1978. And I'm all like, yeah, that's what I get. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I reflected. You know, I reflected on this. And I don't think it was right of me to play with your feelings the way that I did. And he says, huh, that's a little crazy. Thank you for admitting that. I think we're on a path to healing. And I say, listen, life is hard for a gay man. Now it's the 1980s, 1990s. I want the best for you. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy world. We got to stick together. We got to stick together. There's so few discos left. So, so few disco fiends left. You know, it's just us against the world, against the, uh, you know, Harley Davidson world. And we shook hands, you know. And um, uh, I think he forgot that happened because he still got a restraining order against me. Because, of course, I was like, well, okay, so what happened was I was at work and I, I was like, you know, saying some stuff. I was like shooting the shit with a couple of my guys. And I was like, hey, you're not about to kiss that guy, right? You're not gay. And my HR manager overheard me and was like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to fire you unless you can get a, a gay man to sign this paper for you saying, I promise this guy's not homophobic. And I'm like, shoot, okay. So I try and I have a week to do this. So I go up to Robert Randall's house. I'm like, knock, 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 knock. He's like, hey, we already had our big emotional climax moment. I'm like, can you sign this for me, please? Um, he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, can you sign this? It says I'm not homophobic. He's like, why did you do something homophobic again? I thought you learned your lesson. And I'm like, I know, I know, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, sometimes progress isn't linear. You regress sometimes. And he's all like, no way, Jose. And he slams the door in my face. And I'm like, oh, nuts. So I go home and I'm like, I know some other guy, gay guys probably. I call up some of them and they all move to, you know, wherever in Europe. Because of course this was during the gay guy Europe move. You know, it was a big, big movement. Uh, thank you, Prince. Um, but you know, I, I, all my other gay friends were gone. So I'm like, shoot. Okay. And I'm like, can I be a gay woman? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, women can be gay too, you know? And they're like, yeah, it's 1980s, 1990s. Not really. And I'm like, oh, that's all right. So I go back up, ran, rob a Randall's house. And I, dah, 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 I'm knocking again. And I say, please just sign this. And he's like, no, dude, you're homophobic again. I thought we worked this out. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get you out of your problems just because you you got issues. You know, that's not my business. Just because I'm a gay man does not mean I have to deal with your issues. And I said, you know what? That's a fair point. Can you sign the fucking paper, though? And he was all like, no, no. And, of course, by this time, he had called over his uh, his big, big friend, real tall type, you know, kind of skinny, but like, you know, you couldn't really see their face because they're so freaking tall. And they just kicked me. And they kicked me a lot. They went bop, bop, bop. And I was trying to punch them back. But their legs were so long. It's like punching someone's legs. Done through the same as punching them in the, the noggin or whatever. So I was getting, you know, fucking kicked in the in the chin. And uh, it was uh, it was pretty nasty business anyway. Um, so I came back third day. And uh, I'm like, please, please, you got to do this. And, uh, you know, he's, Robert Randall's all like, I'm not doing it. Also, I'm signing a restraining order against you. No dice. And he slams the door in my face. And I'm like, all right, this is kind of getting old. You know, there's got to be some variety here. So um, I just say, you know what? I understand why you won't do it. I get why you won't do it. I get what lesson I'm supposed to learn. So uh, in the middle of the night, I threw a brick through his window and I went to his bed and I took his hand real stealthily with a pen. I went, you know, I, I drew it. 
on the, uh, I drew it on, I signed the thing. He woke up in the middle of it. He was trying to take his hand away. He was like, no, no. And I'm like, I only got one more word left. And I'm like, come on, Rob. Or Randall, and like, you know, he's popping me on the head. He's like, get off, get off of me. And I'm like, Randall. And I'm like, yeah, it's done. It's done, boy. You can't stop me now. And he's like, God dang it. You didn't learn anything. You didn't learn nothing. I'm like, yep, I didn't learn anything. This has been a meaningless experience for me. Goodbye. Anyway, I jumped out the window. He lived on the first floor, so it was okay. Uh, but I jumped out the window and I ran into the night. It was like, oh, nuts. But it was like the 1980s, 1990s. You didn't call the police back then. If you called the police, they'd be like, ah, your window's broken. Oh, well. You know, they wouldn't investigate anything because they were the 1980s and 1990s police. They were too busy, you know, arresting people for weed and, like, beating them up and stuff. Um, so, anyways, I heard the news uh, through a, a mutual friend. Um, that, that mutual friend, of course, being um, former, former, former uh, TV star uh, Mary-Kate Olsen. Uh, it's a crazy story how we all met, you know, I, 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 listen, there's a little revival of disco scene, let's just say things got a little crazy, um, but yeah, anyways, uh, she told me, and I was like, oh, I'm crushed, you know, Robert Randall's gone, and she said, uh, one of the names, and I can't remember which one it was, it was definitely either Rob or Randall, wasn't anything else, um, if it was like Ricky or something, I'd be like, he didn't feel like Ricky, if he was a Ricky, that'd be a sh shitty name. I'm renaming him now. You know, all good. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's, uh, we're, we're getting up on uh, 45 minutes now. So I guess that's the, uh, that's the end of my in more memorabilia section, you know, for Robert Randall. So the, uh, service, <clears throat> the service will be at St. John's Church on, uh, on Sunday at 4 p.m., um, bring like some this little potluck. I'm doing a little funeral potluck type deal. So maybe bring some like don't buy this store bought cookies or fruit or whatever. Can you make something like some pasta? If you make like a hot pocket and bring it on a plate, that's like all right. There's a little love there. But you know, if you bring like a assorted fruits, it's like hey man, here is guys. I know what's in here. It's cantaloupe. It's pineapple. It's uh, it's honeydew, and it's grapes. It's always those guys. You know, it's always those guys, and they never do nothing different. You know, how about some pear slices? How about some, where do those go, right? Um, so anyways, don't even bother if you're trying to show up with those. Um, and uh, yeah, Robert Randall, we, we miss you. And I, uh, I hope that the disco scene is alive and well in heaven. Rest easy, buddy.